Next on Sound Doctrine, we're talking about how we are to live in these last days. What are we to do? How are we to live in these dark days? Well, Jesus says, be salt. Preach, teach the gospel. Salt is different. So much different that it can affect all of those that it's around. It's a different agent, a different nature than that which is affecting. So he says, affect those that are around you. Uh, Real Christians are needed in this sense, in that we're to come out from amongst them and be separate, says the Lord, because we are different, those of us who have received the Lord Jesus Christ and are truly born again. We are salt. Jesus said, be that salt. Your spirit leads me on And I'm running after As the world goes from bad to worse, the Christian is to be a persevering influence, a light in a dark world. Question is, are you just going to go with the flow of this world, or are you truly salt and light as you should be? Today on Sound Doctrine, we'll learn a thing or two about what we're to be like in these difficult days. Jesus addresses this in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, and that is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor Jeff Johnson, here today on this edition of Sound Doctrine. Matthew 5, when we left off with verse 13. This morning we're going to talk about that last song we just sang, and that's how to occupy what what we are to be like in these very interesting days. Now, as you're turning to Matthew 5, I want you to go one chapter back and look at chapter 4, verse 17, because we have Jesus' first message here that he gave to man. When he came on the scene, this is his first message. He says, Repent, for the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's that important. You need to turn to God. And then notice verse 19 of chapter 4. So his first message, repent. Then his first command. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Then to those who followed, he taught them, and his first teaching is in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. Remember, we looked at them, the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes are simply the characteristics of the Christian, period. That's it. Beautifully set forth, we went through each and every one of them. What is a Christian like? But also, Jesus is really upfront with us. He's not telling us that it's going to be easy living uh, the Christian life in an unchristian world. And he knew, they're, they're, you know, because he was persecuted, they're going to persecute us. So, what is the world's reaction to us 
as we live with this char these characteristics? What, what, how are they going to react to us? It's going to be pretty heavy. They're not going to like us. Now, Jesus continues with what has been called the Sermon on the Mount. After the Beatitudes come the Sermon on the Mount. And it's really you know, answering the question, how then shall we live? How should we, what should we be like? So his teaching on our attitude now is going towards the world. What should our attitude be towards the world? How are we to occupy this is an interesting word. How are we to live as we are here in this world as Christians? And what is our influence to be to this world? These answer these questions. What is our influence? What is your influence to those around you now that you are a Christian? I love what uh, Peter says. He kind of hits the nail right on the head in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a peculiar people. A little weird. And then he says that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There it is, right in a nutshell, how we need to occupy. God has done such an awesome work in us. He wants to do this great work through us and through our lives of worship to him we're drawing others that are in darkness into the light. Like a light that attracts a moth, you know? It just can't help but go there. Now, we left off with verse 13 of Matthew 5. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So one of our functions, one of our purposes as being Christians here on this earth, and the reason we were called to the Lord, is to be salt. Especially in light of the last days and the persecution that is coming against the church today throughout all the world, to live as salt. That's our description. Are you an old salty Christian, you know? We need to be salt. That's the description. Now, listen, our world's mindset, especially beginning at the last century, the philosophers were very, very optimistic. They were excited. And they said, we are going into the golden era. It's getting better every day and in every way. Life is advancing. Life is developing, and onwards and upwards, here we go. And, and they even said that we are at the zenith of our evolution, they called it. We're, we're really evolving now, guys. We're really getting there now. And they thought, for sure, wars are going to cease, especially after the Great War. Diseases are going to be abolished. And through education, the masses will turn from vice and immorality world will be like a paradise. And they actually believe this. 
And they were all excited looking to this to happen. Now, looking back (laughs) at what they were hoping for, and we have that hinds feet in high places. You know, you look back and you just go, whoa, that didn't happen. What they were hoping for and what they thought was going to take place did not happen. In fact, most have lost hope, especially after World War II. They said, what's going on? What, have we lost it or what? Now we're in another world war? And then, let alone Korea and Vietnam and Iraq and all the wars that we've had. Needless to say, this is not the mindset today. But if we're salt, that's what he's calling us, salt, and the earth is that which is being polluted or corrupted, and that's what he's talking about, salt in the earth. It's being polluted, rotting, becoming a a kind of a foul and offensiveness. And he's really speaking about the people in the earth because this earth is in sin. And the people that are in the earth are in a fallen state. They're really bad. And they have this tendency to do evil and to war. And it's just there with them. And actually, when we look at the world today, it's going from bad to worse. You know how somebody said, it's, you know, you're in the frying pan and you jump into the fire? <laughs> and how about the toboggan that's going downhill out of control? Well, that's a little bit about where this earth is today. Its only hope is this preserving force that Jesus is talking about because the earth is festering. The germs of evil, infected agents, infective agents in these organisms, this bacteria that are spreading throughout all of the world. (laughs) Somebody called sin like the deathly, loathsome disease called leprosy. Very interesting disease. It kills the nerves first in the extremities, and so all of your nerves and your hands and your feet are dead. You cannot feel your hands, nor can you feel your feet. And so there's this numbing sense. And then there's this rotting also that takes place of the extremities, and, and, and it begins there, and it, there's, a, there's a smell about it, there's an ugliness about it that you literally see the flesh falling off of your body. But you don't feel anything. This is the weird thing about it. And they would sleep at night. And uh, you, you always see lepers without any fingers and toes. The reason is because the rats at night would come and eat on their toes and their fingers the, the, the rotting flesh, and, and they would just eat, and they would not feel it. Horrible thing. And someone said that sin is like leprosy. It kills the nerves and it deadens and it numbs. There's no conviction. And there's a slow death that goes along with it. What's sad about this sin, you know, it's okay when, uh, you know, the boat is in the water, but when the water's in the boat, that's not okay. And when sin gets into the church, that's not okay. And when the church begins to push away sin and when the church begins to put down the Bible, that's not okay. They start to become numb. And there is no conviction anymore. And they definitely don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So let's not mention sin or let's not bring Bibles. Let's let's try to get others to come in and feel good when they come here. We don't want to step on any toes. 
and let's give them a drama, and let's, you know, the user-friendly church that's coming up these days. Little little uh, message, we'll, get, we'll throw in a little verse and psychology, and, and then we'll send them on their way. That's not what this is all about. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we need to be fishers of men. This is serious. And there are people dying as I speak. They're rotting. And there's a, there's a kind of a numbness within the church today that we need to pray, Lord, break this. There's a, there's a pushing away of immorality and, and, and not even, and saying definitely you don't talk about homosexuality or any of these things within the church. This is a no-no. And then what are we all about? We're salt. We're light. That's why we're here, to talk about the things that are not of God. Talk about those things called sin that break us and cause a wall to become between us and our God. And Jesus came to remove the wall. That's the gospel. Now, our shock shouldn't be, I don't think, look how bad the world is getting. No, our shock should be that it has gone on this long. You say, Jeff, what do you mean? (laughs) Well, as the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, great violence. As in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, great immorality. So we are living in those days. And Jesus said in Luke 17 that those are the days that I'm coming back. I'm going to return. In Genesis, if you remember, in Genesis 6, sin enters into man and the whole world, the earth, is polluted. And then this flood comes and God saw that the evil imagination of man's mind and his heart was continually evil. And he says, enough's enough. And he snuffed man out by a giant flood, and only eight landed high and dry in the ark. And humanity began again. But we know that it didn't cleanse humanity of sin because we go right on into then the Tower of Babel. As man began to worship and build his little hierarchy and getting to, you know, closer to God, he figured in his own strength, no, that's not how it's done. God had to wipe that thing away. And then came Sodom and Gomorrah. The sin kept getting uglier and, and, and lower and lower. Now into just all kind of manner of evil man was doing to his fellow man. And we know the dilemma that Israel had in the Old Testament and their sin cycle. As one moment they're doing all right and then they turn their back against God. And then they begin to forget God. And then they're doing their own thing, worshiping idols. And then all of a sudden... Bondage comes back on them again, and they begin to suffer. And then they begin to cry out, Oh, God, deliver us! And he comes and hears their voice, and he delivers them. But there's a cycle that continues to go on in the Old Testament. It's always darker before the dawn. And we're at the end of this age, folks, and it is very dark. The day of the Lord is at hand. What are we to do? How are we to live in these dark days? Well, Jesus says, be salt. Preach, teach the gospel. Salt is different. So much different that it can affect all of those that it's around. It's a different agent, a different nature than that which is affecting. So he says, affect those that are around you. Uh, Real Christians are needed in this sense in that 
We are to come out from amongst them and be separate, says the Lord, because we are different, those of us who have received the Lord Jesus Christ and are truly born again. We are salt. Jesus said, be that salt. Now, salt is interesting in that it does not bring change as far as total health because it takes that which is corrupting and it won't bring total incorruption into that, but it will preserve it. It will uh, kind of uh, arrest the, uh, the cane. And we know that, that salt is put on meat because it decayed really quick. They didn't have refrigerators back then. Everyone knew the power of salt. And when Jesus talks about salt, they were all understanding it, it, it arrests the putrefaction of the meat, the decaying of the meat. It holds it back. If there's no salt, there's decay. Interesting, I uh, was looking in First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians 2, verse 7, where it talks about the mystery of iniquity, the Antichrist. He's already at work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Talking about the church and when the Holy Spirit and the church is taken up. Interesting. It says, then that wicked one will be revealed. It's almost like we are truly that salt that is holding back all hell from breaking loose on this earth. And when the church is gone, then the wicked one, then the tribulation period will click in and hell and decay and rottenness will just permeate everything. Right now, we're the holding back force, arresting everything, the darkness from coming in. Salt also provides savor. And that word is, is like tang or we like taste. I mean, it's got to the point where if it doesn't have hot sauce on it, I don't want it. I need to have some zest, man. I don't know. It's my tongue or it's dying or something, you know. But, but I like hot sauce. <laughs> you know, when we get the, the pizza, you know, I always like to... Well, now, do you have the hot... Uh, I need those uh, hot seeds. Or I, the pizza's dull. No savor. And if salt loses its zest, it's no good. It's interesting that as we're looking at our world getting darker, we have to kind of wonder, have we lost our savor? Look at the darkness that's, that's all around us. What effect are we having in this world? Are we having any effect? Or have we lost our savor? Without Jesus, life is dull. Without Jesus, life is tasteless. It's flat. It's void. And man wants zest. He, he, he wants, you know, the, 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 he wants all that life, the pleasures of life. And, and he goes after everything in this world to try to, you know, to appease this need for zest. He doesn't want to receive it from Jesus. And so he goes out and, into these, you know, game parks and these, this new one, this California thing, and so he can get on a big, you know, whatever and go, wow, that was a great, wasn't it? You know, yeah, it was zesty, you know. What are we going to do next? I don't know. And they just go on and on and on. And, and some people just go nuts and they go from one theme park to another just to keep it going. 
And they're so into that, thinking that that is the zest of life. And they get into sports, and they get into the arenas, and they go crazy in the arenas. And then when we come to church, somebody lazes their hand or claps a little bit, and they go, oh, why did they do that in church? Well, we're a little bit crazy for God, all right? You know? We love the Lord. And in fact, when you get over to the stadium Easter Sunday, you notice how that one side that's just packed with people are pretty excited. You know why? Because the other team didn't even show up. We won. Awesome. But they get into relationships. They get into the things of the world. No satisfaction. Nothing seems to satisfy. Now, how are we as the church to rub the salt in, so to speak? And I don't believe it's by putting down the things that are in the world, maybe putting down those things that are against Christianity like communism or Islam and coming against these things, the worldly ways by getting into politics and thinking that, you know, that that is the answer or getting into the changing the legislature and, and in legislating righteousness and that's the answer. I think as the church... What the Lord is calling us to do is to preach and to teach the gospel, to share what changed our lives to those around us. That's what they need to hear. Freely we have received, we need to freely give. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't vote and be good citizens. Individually, we need to do that. And if you have an opportunity to sign against abortion or whatever, we need to do those things. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm talking about is the church where it talks about in Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, that God has given gifts unto men, pastors and teachers, evangelists and prophets, for the the perfecting of the saints, for the continuance of the ministry, that we would see salvation, that we would see this thing just keep rolling and people coming into the light, coming out of the darkness. That's our reason for being. Sin is not only in communism and Islam, it's in democracy, it's in capitalism. Come on. It permeates everything of society. And the only thing that's going to bring revival and change is the things of the Lord. It's the salt that he's talking about here. So Christianity preserves, but it also, it's like salt in that it generates thirst. Salt does that, doesn't it? You know how you go in and you're gonna getting ready to watch a movie or whatever and you got this big bowl of popcorn, right? Give me that salt, right? And just pour that salt on it. And then you start eating that popcorn, that salt, man. You get a little thirsty. So give me a large Coke, you know, like that's gonna, you know, really take care of the thirst, you know. And, and we go for it. But salt makes men thirsty. So that's another calling that we have, to make men thirst for the things of God. So how salty are you? Does your lifestyle make those around you thirst for the things of God? Something to consider as we close out another Sound Doctrine with Pastor Jeff Johnson. Well, here's our toll-free number, which you can use to order this study on CD and other helpful resources from us. It's 800-353-7553. Again, 800-353-7553. 
7553. We also house all of our Matthew messages online at sounddoctrineradio.org. Now you can take Sound Doctrine with you wherever you go through the Sound Doctrine podcast. Simply search for Sound Doctrine podcast in your favorite app store. And it is also available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. How's your devotional life going these days? Could it use a kickstart? Well, allow me to recommend Daily Devotions with Calvary Chapel Pastors. This collection of daily devos will edify you as you read God's inspired Word. You'll hear people of God pour out their hearts, sharing personal experiences of God's faithfulness. It's authored by Chuck Smith, Skip Heitzig, our own Jeff Johnson, Greg Laurie, Raul Reese, Mike McIntosh, Don McClure, Joe Foch, and many more. Simply give us a call at 800-353-7553. Or you can order it online through our e-store at sounddoctrineradio.org. Your financial support is not only needed at this time, but would be very much appreciated. Think of your donation as an investment into the lives of listeners around the world who make it their aim to build their lives on the sound doctrine contained in the Word. So thank you very much for linking arms with us. Go online to sounddoctrineradio.org and click Give. Or call us, 800-353-7553. Well, there is much more to come in Matthew. Set aside a half hour each day as together we open and study the Word with Pastor Jeff. Sound Doctrine is furnished on this station by Calvary Chapel Downing. So far, won't you 